hulle Onses Kruislaag en ons wil jou graag help om Jesus' onvoorwaardelike liefde en genade te ontdek. Ons vertrouw dat hierdie boodskap jou reiklik sal seen. verskrikkelijk lekker om hier by julle te wees vir oogend. Um, en ek sit en denk, toos naar al voorzit, en ons aanbid saam, en ons gaan hier die heren, ek denk ons allemaal is vir extra bykie dankbaar, na COVID, julle weet wat ek bedoel, vir die voorraag, om net te kan wees, saam met ander gelovig is. Want, of jy nou, in een groot stadion is met duisende mense, en of jy met een meer gelovige sit en net saam kan tijdspandeer en praat met die Heere, praat oor die Heere, dis iets wat leven bring. Paulus sê, jy weet, um, ons, ons, ons word versterk dier die deel van die geloof wat ons het. En ek denk, dis iets wat ons ook vandag betekker bykie vergeet, wat ons allemaal te gewoond geraak om die leven op ons eie te doen. Ons het gewoond geraak om ons eie ding te doen en jy weet, dan skielik is allemaal weer onder lockdown en dan jy denk jy is eindelijk oké, okay, jy denk jy het eindelijk nie nodig, jy mis het, maar jy denk jy het eindelijk nie nodig om mense te sien en lewe saam te doen nie. Maar ons het so mooi gesing nou nou, ons is een met hom en ons is geneig om te focus op ons is een met hom en dis waar. Maar ons moet ook onthou, ons is een met hom en as ons een is met hom, is ons een met mekaar. En dit beteken of ek jou ken of nie, en of ek die selle taal praat as jy of nie, en of ek in die selle land woon as jy of nie, en of ek van jou hou of nie, want ons allemaal, ons allemaal kom nie altyd oor die weg nie. Is ek reg? Partij mense irriteer jou meer as ander. Is ek reg? Okay, dit is ok, ons kan wel eerlijk wees. Sjyn sê nooit nie, niemand irriteer om nie, hy is super heilig. Ons is een met mekaar. En dis amazing, dis nie een las nie, dis iets wat die wereld nie ken nie, en die wereld nie verstaan nie, en die wereld nie kan proe nie, en dis glad nie waar ek gaan praat vir oogend nie, maar dis iets wat ek die, die Heere my voel uitnooi na meer, is om die reikdom van sy liefde en sy kracht te begin ervaar in die lichaam. Want ek denk ons het kultureel so gewoond geraak dat ons die hoofkarakter is in ons eie vliek, wat ons leven is, en amal anders is by karakters, en het gaan oor my roeping, en my leven, en my familie, en my liefdesverhaal, en my uiteinde, en daar kom die credits, en ek hoop hulle kies iemand rarig mooi as actrice om uit te speel eendag, soos, dit is wat die wereld vir ons sê ons leven is, one life, live it, en ons is nie gemaak, om die hoofkarakter in ons eie film te wees nie, ons is nie gemaak om ons eie leven te leef nie, Die Heer het een reddingsplan dwars oor die wereld en hy is bezig met ons allemaal daarmee. En elkeen van ons het een klein rolliekie om te speel. En elkeen van ons het mekaar nodig. Of jy dit nou wil weet of nie. Elkeen van ons. Ons is gemaakt om het saam te doen. Ons kan nie allemaal saam in een komune blij en net ons eie groente groei nie. Dit is nie wat ek bedoel nie. Hulle wel, dit klink met ek hier baie lekker. Maar daar is een reddingsplan. Daar is een mission. Dis oorlog daar buiten. En ons het mekaar nodig. Ons kan dit nie alleen doen nie. 
So kom ons my so lekker is om hier te wees om met julle vir oogend, dat ons kan dat ons kan saamwees en, en ons versterk word dier die saamwees en dat ons saam in die woord kan klim. Ek en Sjaan gaan albei breek vir oogend, vir die wat jyre wat dan nie ons ken nie, ek is Marna, hallo, ach na my kennis, my man Sjaan, hy gaan nie in Afrikaans breek nie, so ek wil net dat jyre moet jyre harte voorbereid. En so lang in tale bid, dat die geest vir jou die gave van interpretatie kan gee, hy breek wel in pakketberg en dan breek hy ook in Engels en as die pakketbergers dit kan handle, dan kan jylle definitief ook, hulle hoor net Afrikaans dag in en dag uit. Ok, ek ek wil voor ons begin, voor ek begin. Net rarig ook, vir ons elke uitnooi, en ek dink dit is iets wat ek prik vir myself ook nou. Ons kom so makkelijk in een routine of een gewoonte van werk, naweek, sondagkerk, Valwe, as het lockdown is, en ons gaan nie sondagkerk doen nie, maar dan doen ons het online, en ons kom in ons gewoontes, en ons kom in routines, en routines help ons in dis goed. Maar hoe lang, hoe ouder ek word, hoe meer besef ek die lewe loop nie eindelijk soos wat ons het verwacht nie. En die Heer het eindelijk nie die lewe geskep om normaal en voorspelbaar en routine gebonde te wees nie. En die Heer wil en al sy liefde en sy kracht verochend met ons tyd spandeer op een speciale manier. Nou, ons spandeer met om tyd, terwyl ons by die werk is. Ons doen lewe saam met om. Ons is saam met om by die winkel. Ons is saam met om as ons dit. Hy is nooit weg van ons nie. Ons is een met om. Ons kan nie nie by om wees nie. Maar op een sondagochend, wanneer ons tyd uitzit om te sê, jyre, ek doe nou niks anders nie. Ek rui nie in die kaar nie. Ek snu nie wortels nie. Ek is nie bezig, ek is nie bezig met enig iets anders nie. Ek sit nou net, saam met my mere gelovig is, en ek wil net focus op die woord. En sê die raak, ek raad, ek het iets wat ek vir jou wil sê vandag. En vir elke van julle gaan dit iets anders wees, want hy ken jou hart. Hy weet wat jou hart nodig het om te hoor. Ek sê nie, ons vir elke persoon aan een waarheid nie. Maar hy weet wat jou hart vir oogend nodig het om te hoor. En dit is wat hy met jou wil deel. So ek wil jou uitnooi om nie net te sit en te wacht vir nog een preek wat jy dalke paar goeie idees uitkry en wat jy kan aangaan met jou week nie. Ons gaan nie een gedigje daans en een quote van Gandhi doen vandag nie. Gee die Heere kans, raak stil. Geniet om en laat toe dat die Heilige Gees vir jou hart vir oogend oorbreek wat jy nodig het om te oorbreek. Ok, nou, ek het hierdie grapie in die vorige dienst ook gemaakt, so vir die wat jylle wat nou wat die tweede kerie is, lach maar net anyway, ok? Ons, kom gewoon na kerk toe, en dan sê ons, ok, vergeet van alles, vergeet wat die week gebeur het, vergeet van jou probleme, en focus net op Jesus, ok? Vir die volgende vijf minuut, dan wil ek hier, jy moet die teenoorgestelde doen. Ek wil hier, jy moet asjeblief vir my nou dink aan al jou probleme. Dink aan alles wat my gesikkel het hierdie week. Ok, want dit is relevant tot alles wat gaan volg vir oogend. Die reden ook om ek dit sê, is omdat dit is waar. Ok, ons kom kerk toe, want ons wil alles achterlaat en ons wil nie, hee, ons aandag moet afgetrek wees dier ons probleem. Ons wil nie in ons probleem sit en dink in die kerkdienst, terwyl ons eindelijk moet focus op die heren wat die antwoord is nie. Maar wat ons baie keer doen is, in plaas van om rarig op die heren te focus en toe te laat, dat hy ons bedien in ons harte, 
met betrekking tot die problemen of ons geef wat ons nodig het om met die problemen te deel, skakel ons net af en ons gaan in denial, ontkenning, en ons geniet die heren en dis emotionele hoogtepunt en ons voel beter en dan gaan ons terug en ons hanteer al ons probleme in die week en ons uitdagings in die week op die selle ou manier wat ons laas week probeer het en wat nie gewerk het nie. Ons laat nie toe dat hoe ons die heren ervaar op die zondag rarig affecteer hoe ons ons uitdagings in die gezicht staar in die week nie. Nou ons allemaal het probleme ons het nou allemaal lekker gedink aan alles waarmee ons gesikkel het hierdie week. Partij van ons sin is groot, partij van ons sin is klein. Voor ons allemaal voel ons probleme nogal soos probleme. Of het nou groot of klein is. En ek wil voor oogend met julle deel die antwoord op alles waar jy nou net gedink het. Die antwoord op elke liewe probleem wat jy hierdie week in die gesig gestaar het en wat kom. Nou die wereld maak ons probleme en hulle antwoorde vreselik gecompliceerd. En die christelike wereld doen dit eindelijk ook. As jy gaan kyk in een christelike boekwinkel, daar is boeken en boeken en boeken en boeken en boeken wat vir jou precies sê in detail hoe jy elke moeilike probleem wat jy het moet oplos. As jy hewelijks probleem het, dan volg jy hierdie vijf stappe van communicatie of hierdie drie stappe van dit. As jy probleem het in jou bezigheid, dan loop jy hierdie kursus of jy gaan lees dier spreke, een hoofstukke dag, van ons 30, ons 31, een vir elke dag van die maand. Of as jy hierdie probleem het, dan moet jy dit doen. En dit is altyd baie gecompliceerd. En dit is alles goed wat daar kan werk. Tijdelijk. Maar eindelijk is die Heere sy antwoord op die lewe en op elke probleem wat jy in die gezicht staar op dagelijkse basis. Verskrikkelijk eenvoudig. Ek het een dag met iemand oor die foon gepraat wat my seens was nog baie klein. En enige van julle wat al baie klein kinderkies gehad het en op die foon praat op die selle tyd sal weet wat die uitdaging dit is. En hierdie vrou het my gebel en sy het vir twee ure met my gepraat. Sy het gepraat vir twee ure oor haar probleem, en eindelijk ook oor al die mense wat haar probleem is. En aan die einde van die twee ure, toe sy het eindelijk asomskep en my kans geem iets te sê, ek dink sy het net moe geraak van praat, toe vraag sy ek maar wat dink ek. Toe sê ek wel, ek kon al eindelijk in die eerste vijf minuute vir jou hierdie gesê het, maar, dat ek nie miskien nie moes gesê het nie, maar, toe sê ek van, ek kan net met jou deel wat ek weer die waarheid is, en dit is dit krik, krik, stilte. Sy sê, is dit al? Ek sê, dit is al. Sy sê, so het ek nou nie twee ure van my tyd gemors. Ek sê, wel, as jy dit so sien, dan ja, ek het nou nie gesê, sy het twee ure van my tyd ook gemors nie. Ek denk, ek verdien een medalje. Ek dacht. So, mens is geneig om die eenvoud van die antwoord te weerstaan. Want dit is nie so eenvoudig nie. Maar ek wil julle moet dit net doen, ek wil sê doen my die gins, maar doen julle self die gins om net dit som met my te toets. Want op die ouwend, hoe langer ek leef en hoe meer mense ek mee werk, hoe meer besef ek, het was eindelijk net een antwoord en die antwoord is eindelijk so eenvoudig. Dit beteken nie, dit is makkelijk nie, maar dit is in tenminste eenvoudig. 
Voor ik ook verder gaan, wil ik niet zeggen, maar hart is om jullie te bemoedig vandaag. Niet om jullie te laten voelen, jullie schiet te kort of jullie doen niet goed genoeg niet. Zo so, hoor mijn hart. Ik zeg niet, als jij problemen hebt, allemaal het problemen. Als je problemen hebt, dan is jij bezig om je eenvoudige antwoord te missen. Voel je deel die goede nieuws, dat er een antwoord is op elke lieve ding. Wat jouw hart in jouw lichaam, in jouw lijf, in jouw leven laat zwaar krijgen in die oomlik. Kijk, gaan zo met mij naar Romeine toe. Romeine 8. En jy moet verschrikkelijk voorzichtig wees, wat ze Afrikaanse Bijbelvertaling je lees. Engels ook. Maar je zegt het een paar snaakse vertalings van hierdie vers gelees. Vers 6. Want wat die vlees bedink, is die dood. Maar wat die geest bedink, is leven in vrede. Nou, ek is nie of jy dat kers is aan te bied in positive thinking nie. Eh? Maar denk ga hier aan, die Heere sê basis hier, dat wat die vlees bedink, en dit beteken nie sonde, sondige natuur nie, dit beteken wat dink volgens je vijf sintuie, wat dink volgens wereldse wijsheid, bring vir jou dood. Okay? Maar wat die geest bedink, wat dit bedink, wat waar is in die woord, bring vir jou leven in vrede. Nou, wil ik vir die vraag stel, is leven in vrede niet eindelijk wat ons allemaal begeer nie? Want wat ons doen is, ons, ons bekommer oor finansies, ons bekommer oor ons verhoudings, ons bekommer oor ons gezondheid, ons bekommer oor baie dinge, en ons probeer al hierdie goeders in plek kry en in plek hou, want ons het de begeerte van leven in vrede. En wat die Heere hier so vir ons sê is, jy hoef nie jou omstandighede te beheer en te manipuleer en te wachten tot jou omstandighede in plek val, om leven in vrede te heen nie. Jy kan ten alle tye, ten spuite van, Enig iets wat aangaan in jou leven, leven in vrede, as jy dink, soos ek dink. As jy dinge sien, soos wat ek dit sien. En dit beteken nie, die Heere het rose-colored glasses, en hy sien die wereld so mooi en vrolik, en ons sien nou die wereld so mooi en vrolik, ons sien nie die, nee, hy, die manier hoe hy dinge sien, is hoe dit rarig is. Ons en ons beperkte sig, sien dinge beperk. Ek het altijd gedink geloof is om jou kop soos een volstruis onder die sand in te druk. En het is hier alles gaan oké wees, alles gaan oké wees, alles gaan oké wees, alles gaan oké wees. Tot ek enig besef het geloof is om actually jou kop uit die gat uit te haal en te sien daar is meer as wat die wereld sê. Daar is meer as wat ek kan sien. Daar is meer as wat mense sê. Daar is meer as wat ek voel. Oké, okay, so wat die Heere vir ons hier probeer sê is ons is absoluut onskitbaar. Dit beteken, maak nie saak of die economie in een stort, en of die wereld verwoes word nie, dat is een eenvoudige recept en een sleetel tot leven en vrede. Want op die ouwend enige vrees, enige probleem, enige ding waarmee jy sikkel, Kom op die ouwend neer, 
op een van twee goed. Of jij is bezig om te leven vanuit de plek van vrees, want jij wil jezelf beschermen en je wil voor jezelf zorgen voor die mensen van wie jij lief het. Of jij leven vanuit de plek dat waar je weet het de goede vader wat jou lief het en wat jou verzorg. Enige probleem wat jy het kan teruggebring word na die besluit toe. En dit is die wonderlijke geskenk wat die Heere vir ons gee in dit. Gaan so met my na 1 Korintiërs 15. Vers 45. Nou, het is baie makkelijk om te voel. Oké, okay, ek het een probleem. Oké, okay, ek moet nou, dit is my skuld dat ek een probleem en dit is my skuld dat ek nou volgens die vlees dink. As ek net volgens die geest gedink het en as ek dit my kop recht gekryd, dan het ek nooit met enig iets gesikkel nie. So as ek sikkel met iets, is dit my skuld. Och. En dan kom die zwaar las van bedruktheid weer op ons van ek is nie goed genoeg nie. Ek het doen alweer nie goed genoeg nie. Die, die psalmdichter sê dat die Heere ken ons, hy weet ons is van stof gemaakt. Dit beteken hy het, hy het die Engelse woord is so mooi, hy het compassion vir ons en die dinge waarmee ons sikkel, want hy weet ons is mens. So die Heere is nie iemand wat van standaard het en sê jy moet so hoog spring en jy moet alles recht doen nie. Hy het meegevoel met ons, hy verstaan, hy het een liefde vir ons, hy het een bezorgdheid oor ons. Hij sê nie vir jou, jy moet recht denk, jy moet alles recht doen, en dan gaan jy nie probleem heen nie. Hy sê vir jou, ek verstaan, die wereld is rof daar buiten, ons lichame kruiseer, ons het behoeftes, ons harte kruiseer, man het sikkel betekeer, ons kruiseer. So hy verstaan dit, maar hy sê, jy is nie slagoffer van jou omstandighede nie. Ek geef vir jou iets, wat beteken dat jy nooit ooit weer hoef te vrees nie, dat jy nooit ooit weer een slagoffer van enige omstandighede hoef te wees nie. Ek gee jou myself. Nou as ons vir Jesus aanvaard is, ons een met hom, 100% een, nou as jy kyk in vers 45 hier so, dan sê dit, die eerste mens Adam het een levende siel geword, die laaste Adam, Jesus, een levend makende gees. Dit beteken dat jy is een, eerstens met die een wat die jou al geskep het, en tweedens het een levend makende gees binnen jou, een onblisbare, onuitputbare bron van leven, wat niks en niemand van jou kan wegvat. En dit beteken, maak nie sook wat jy in die gezicht staat, maak nie sook wat jou angstig maak nie, maak nie sook wat jou, het beteken hier, dan is ons angstig, maar uh, ons voel nie die angstigheid nie, dit manifesteer in irritatie, woede, frustratie, ontevredenheid, enige van die goed. Enig iets wat jy ervaar, wat nie die vruchte van die geest is nie. Sê, eindelijk maar net, jy vertrouw nie die Heere daarig. En dis nie, oe, jy moet die Heere meer vertrouw nie, dis een uitnodiging van, kom leer ken my goedheid. Want as jy my vertrouw, wat net kan gebeur as jy my ken, en besef hoe lief ek jou het, dan gaan jy sien, jy gaan nie meer dier vrees gedraai word, en optree in al die 
maniere wat eigenlijk niet lekker is of niet gezond is nie. Ons het vir Jesus aan ons binnenkant in sy volheid. Wat beteken ons hoef nie meer al die ballen in die licht te hou nie. Ek het voor ook gedeel, ek het, ek het na die dag toe voel ek, ek denk aan die dag wat voorlee die, die vorige aand en ek denk aan dit en ek denk aan alles wat ek moet onthou en ek denk aan alles wat ek voor verantwoordelik is en alles wat ek voel so vreselijk belangrik is. En ek voel asof ek hier die 16 glasballe in die licht moet hou en ek is nie een juggler nie. Ek kan het met twee limoene probeer doen vir twee minuten en dis omtrend dit. En toe besef ek, dis een vrees gedrewe manier van leven. Wat jy denk, as ek net alles recht doen, en ek net alles, seker maak alles blij in die licht, en ek net my vinger hou op my verhoudings, en, en, en seker maak ek, ek, ek sorg vir die verhouding, en die vriendskap, en, en my hevelik, en my kinders, en die finansies, en dit, en die bezigheid, en dat, dan gaan alles oké okay wees. Maar die Heere sê vir jou, alles is reeds oké, okay. maak nie saak, of alles rondom jou verkeerd loop nie, want ek en jy is een, en ek is in jou, en ek is leven sonder eind. En toe besef ek, ek kan nou of al hierdie balle probeer in die licht hou, wat, wat nie volhoudbaar is vir enige mens nie. Wat hy van ons kan het ook veel langer doen as ander. Maar ergens, ergens, gaan jy die balle laat val en dit gaan nie leven bring vir jou of enige iemand rondom jou wat jy so graag wil help en, en versorg nie. Of, ek kan die toelaat dat die leven wat binnen in my is, ek kan al die balle, een kan sit, want die balle is, is ek geval nie eers myne om te dra nie. En ek kan die leven wat reeds aan die binnenkant van my is, laat oorloop soos een fontein, soos een oceaan, moeiteloos, en die balle gaan drijf op die water. Die enigste verskil is dan, dan, dan laat, gaan ons bykie van beheer, nie? Het is allemaal hou daarvan om in beheer te wees van alles, want dan voel ons veilig. Jesus sê, jy is veilig, want ek is met jou. Jy is nie veilig, want jy het genoeg geld in jou bankrekening en jy het die dak oor jou kop nie. Ek gesels nou met iemand en hulle sê, ja, mys moet net dankbaar wees wat jy het, jy moet perspektief hee, jy moet, dat is die dak oor jou kop, ons kos op die tafel, sê, ek moet net dankbaar wees. En ek sê, ja, toe besef ek, dit is eigenlijk ook nie raag nie. Want, wat as daar nie meer die dak oor jou kop is nie? Wat as daar nie kos op die tafel is nie? Het jy dan reed om te worry? Sê die heren, moet oor niks bekommerd wees nie, so lang als goed gaan. Of so lang jy darm die dak oor jou kop het. Nee, he. Hy sê, jy hoef nooit vir enig iets te vrees nie, so selfs al is daar nie dak oor jou kop nie, en selfs al het jy nie kos op die tafel nie. Hy is jou leven en hy is jou vrede. En dit kan niemand of niks ooit van jou wegvat nie. En as ons dit kan besef, gaan ons nie meer ons self hoef te pep tok, en te sê, alles gaan okai wees, alles gaan okai wees, alles gaan okai wees nie. Jy wat sê, alles gaan okai wees, maak nie alles okai nie. Dit is nie geloof nie. Dit is jy wat jou self probeer oortuig van iets wat jy nie eerseker is nie. As ek raag, ons doen dit, En ons denk, as ons alles sê wat raag is, dan gaan alles oké okay wees. Maar die Heere wil voorbij die window dressing druk met ons allemaal. En sê, ek wil nie net hee, jy moet vertroostende woordkies vir jouself luister nie. En eindelijk aan die binnenkant nog bang wees nie. Ek wil vir jou leven en vrede gee, wat niks op die aarde kan skit nie. Nie net vir jou nie, maar vir die wereld daar buiten wat nie voet het om op te staan, wat oorweldig is dier donker en angst en onzekerheid. En ons het dit. 
al wat het is, is om niet te sê, ok Jesus, help my om te sien hoe dinge rarig lyk. Help my om dinge te sien vir wat het rarig is. Help my my, my gedagtes terug volgens wat waar is, nie wat ek dink of sien nie. En ons sal die leven en die vrede ervaar. Nie omdat ons die antwoorde het op elke probleem nie. Maar omdat ons die leven en vrede in ons het, wat die antwoord is, elke probleem. Nou, ek gaan nou oorgeef verschijn. Um, en vader, ek dank je dat jy bezig is om in ons harte te werk. Dat jy met die goedheid wil kom vrede en leven bring, wat reeds binnen in ons harte is, zodat so het kan oorloop soos een fontein. Dank je vader, dat ons jy net kan toelaat om ons liefde hee. Amen. Thanks, love. As Marna was saying, you know, it's got a the perspective that we need to have as believers is one of um, Christ in us, really. You know, that we've got the the life and the the peace inside of us, and we've got to live from that place of focused in on Christ in us. Um, and, you know, because we're living in, in, in troubled times. John 16, 33, I'm going to read it now. And um, it's so easy to focus in on the troubles instead of our, our, our true position, you know, where we really are. It says, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. It says, you know, uh, 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 in him we can have peace. So the peace isn't in the circumstances, the peace is in him, in the relationship with him. And because we're in Christ, doesn't matter what happens, we can enjoy peace. And that's, that's the good news. You know, we, 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 it doesn't matter if COVID continues for the rest of our lives and lockdown up, is up and down and everybody loses all their money and like it, we can have peace no matter what because Christ in us, our hope of glory. Um, and yet, for most of uh, uh, the Christian world, um, we, we base our peace and our success and our joy and everything on things that don't actually matter. You know, it's not an eternal perspective, it's a uh, a temporary perspective, because everything that you're struggling with, everything that you're, you're facing right now is subject to change. Everything. You know, sickness can kill you, but sickness is also subject to change. And even if it does kill you, 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 you go and be with Jesus forever. Like, that, that's the perspective that we, we live with. I mean, uh, 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 we're sad if someone dies, a believer, a loved one, because we're not going to have them in this life for a while, but hey, we, we're together forever. You know, there's always, when you're living with eternity in mind, there's always a hope, and we always should have that hope. And you know, in these times, in this world, you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer, be encouraged, be, be joyful. You know, because Jesus is saying he's overcome the world. 
And so it's like, don't be limited by the here and now, but see the bigger picture. Because we've got eternity in us, we've got eternal life, relationship with God, we've got the Spirit of God living in us, and we're going to live for eternity. But now, we just need to, to change our perspective, because often we, 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 um, uh, we're challenged by the challenges that we have, and it's not just a case of having this mentality of it's going to get better. That's going to get you through this. It's, it's, it's having the right perspective that's going to help you overcome. What is overcome? Overcome isn't that the circumstances all change. Overcome is, I got through it. You know, overcome isn't, uh, 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 I got healthy again. Overcome is, is, I had a good attitude through it. Yes, we want the health, we want the, the, the circumstances to change and all this, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. You know, Marna and I watched a documentary last night, and it, it really spoke to a couple of things that we had been, well, God had been speaking to me about for a, a, a couple of weeks now. And it was on uh, the life of Corrie ten Boom, who was in the Second World War, and, um, you know, she hid uh, Jews in her fake wall in her room uh, from the Nazi soldiers, and, and then eventually she got uh, um, arrested, her dad got arrested, her sister got arrested, her sister and her, her father got killed, in, or, or her father died, her sister got killed in the concentration camps, and uh, she came out of it, and, and then she traveled the world preaching the gospel, and you know, there was just so much perspective that, 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 that I got out of that, in terms of just, you know, uh, uh, we, we shouldn't just be living for now, we should be living with eternity in mind. I mean, she said in the one situation, her, her sister and her were talking in the, the concentration camp in the um, dormitory. And she said, um, uh, what did she say? She said, you know, it's really difficult. We need to pray for them. Like, it's re- they're really suffering. They're really suffering. We must pray for them. And she thought, Corey thought that her sister was talking about the other prisoners that were really, have had it worse than them. But she was talking about the soldiers. She was talking about how bad they were in their hearts because our father were from God. And you know, just the perspective just really impacted. Because often we're worried, like if you think about what most people are trusting God for, we're trusting God for something which can burn. <laughs> you know, and we need a car, you need a house, you need a good job, whatever you, you need, you need. But, but it's like we, most stuff we need right now can burn. And in 10,000 years' time, we'll forget about it. And yet we're living for eternity, then, then, then it helps us get through the here and now. And in this time of COVID, one of the things which I've really just been challenged with is the, the, the perspective of so many believers. Because we're asking all the wrong questions and we're focused on all the wrong things. Should I get vaccinated, for example? <laughs> Should you? Do your research and figure it out. But it's not the gospel, so I'm not focused on preaching that. Is it right or is it wrong? You decide. I've got an opinion, but my opinion has nothing to do with the gospel, so I'm not going to preach that. I'm not going to waste pulpit time on it. You know, uh, 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 do I have a strong opinion on it? Maybe, I don't know. But, but you'll never know. <laughs> Yeah, we're focused in on, on is, it the, 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 is this the end, is there the Antichrist, and all this kind of things, when Jesus clearly said, you know, preach the gospel. Make disciples. Why? Because that's eternal. 
You know, is there Antichrist? Yes. Is there you know, the mark of the beast, all that stuff in Revelation? Yes, but that's not the gospel. The gospel is what gets people through that. And that's why we're living, is to help people get through that, because eternity is forever. And so we've got to put things into an eternal perspective. I'm going to read from Isaiah 8. I don't know how the Afrikaans Bible will put this one. But Afrikaans, uh, uh, Isaiah 8, 11 to 13. It's a, it really speaks quite clearly to this time. And from the Passion, it says, The Lord's mighty hand rested on me, and he warned me with these words not to act like these people. Don't believe their every conspiracy rumor, and don't fear what they fear. Don't be moved or terrified. Fear nothing and no one except Yahweh, the commander of our angel armies. Honor him as holy and be in awe before him with deep, deepest reverence. And I'm, so it's just showing like we've got something we need to focus on and it's not conspiracies. Are there conspiracies? Yes. If you want to waste your time indulging in them, go for it. <laughs> I would rather a feast on the, the gospel and allow that to be my focus. Okay? Because we're, we're on a mission and I think the best thing that we can do in in, in um, tribulation, in, in tr- troubled times, is keep the focus. Because that's what gets you through. Keep the focus. Like, we're, we're so um, uh, uh, concerned about having joy and peace, having healing, which are good things. We all want those things. You know? We, we, we want, uh, uh, so, so, so we read the Bible because we're trying to get joy. Or we're trying to get peace, or we need healing, or you want success, or whatever you want. So you, you, you're kind of reading the Bible, looking for these things, right? Or, um, let me just find this here quickly. Or, you, 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 you're looking in, um, uh, 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 you come to church. You come to church, and, and you're coming to church because maybe you, you, you're wanting to worship God, and you're wanting to praise, and you're wanting to fellowship, because it makes you feel better as well. Uh, and it's nice. It should make you feel better. Church shouldn't make you not feel better. Amen? You know, reading the Bible shouldn't not make you feel better. It should make you feel better. But we do all of these things because for self-centered reasons, for self-focused reasons, for self-absorbed reasons. Yeah, uh, 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 we're not doing it for the, the benefit of someone else. And there's nothing wrong with that because God wants to bless you. He wants to minister to you. He wants you to be doing well. He wants you healed. But there's a bigger purpose for that healing. There's a bigger purpose for all of these things. Yeah, uh, 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 I don't remember, Marna would, would know better, but I don't remember... In, in the life of Corrie ten Boom, if, if there was ever a prayer to, that, that God would get her out of a concentration camp. There might have been, but, but, but I don't remember that. Why, why is, uh, it, it, let's say she didn't pray that. Why is that better than, than praying that, that that would end? Because she was, seeing, like she was doing a Bible study in, in the concentration camp, I think twice a day, when the ba- Bible was banned. She had a Bible. And, and, and you know uh, uh, how she was able to have those Bible studies is that her dormitory that she was in was infested with lice. 
And so the soldiers didn't come into her dormitory because they didn't want the lice to affect them negatively. So the lice were affecting, obviously, everybody in the dormitory, but they at least didn't get inspections and, and get beaten in their dormitory. So they could sit in their lice-infested uh, 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 dormitory and have a Bible study twice a day and feast on the Word while they were suffering. Did they pray that the lice would go? I'm pretty sure they didn't. <laughs> you know, maybe the authority of Christ would have worked in that situation, all the lies would have died, and, and then the Bible would have got confiscated. You know, so, so it's like, uh, I'm not saying God put the lies there, but praise God for the lies. Amen? <laughs> it's a good title for this uh, message. The, the point is, is that, you know, if, if we're living on the mission that He's called us to, our prayer life will look different. What we're thanking God for will look different, and our focus will be different. You know, so, 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 for example, yes, like, I mean, with, 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 with healing with this time and, and, and trusting God for stuff, there's nothing wrong with that. God wants you well. He, you're His child. He wants to look after us all. But, eternity is forever. And he wants us to be doing well and, 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 and so that we will be focused in on our, I'm an ambassador of Christ. I'm here to, to represent Christ in good times and bad times. <laughs> for richer or for poorer. Till death do us part. <laughs> death doesn't part us, it brings us together, right? Uh, even more so. But the point is, is we can't turn off ambassador. Ambassador is who you are. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 20. You are an ambassador for Christ. Okay, so, so if we start to live like that, our prayer life will be a little bit different. Our focus will be a, a little bit different. You, know, you won't be going to the shopping center to make sure that you can get toilet paper if there's a toilet paper shortage. And just like stuff everybody else. <laughs> I'm on a mission. You know, like, like you'll still be considering everybody else while you're considering your household. <laughs> you know, the point is, is that then you're not always self-absorbed. You're looking to the, the benefit of others. And this is, what I'm talking about is just a little bit of maturity here. This is, this is maturity. Because the reality is, I mean, yes, God loves you. Yes, God has grace towards you. But for what? It's not just for you. It's, it's for you to be a blessing. He said to Abraham, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. Not you will do a blessing, although that's implied, but you, you yourself are a blessing. You've got something in you that can bless wherever you are, bless the world, bless your world. And, and, and so we should be living from that place of, I can be like Jesus, and it can be a blessing. I'm not just here for myself. Okay? So, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1. I love the book of Ephesians, and I've been speaking on it in the, the Rondebosch, Grace Life Rondebosch, for the last 18 weeks. And uh, the, 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 the book of Hebrew, um, Hebrews, Ephesians is awesome because the first half is, this is who you are. The first half of the book of Ephesians is, you're a saint. That's what he writes. He writes to the saints of uh, uh, God. He writes to the, the, those who are holy, set apart. He's writing to you and me, okay? We are saints of God, not Mother Teresa, St. Christopher, and all of them. We're included as saints, okay? And then the second half of Ephesians, 
He starts to shift gear. So because of who you are, this is your root, now this is your fruit. This is who you are, this is what you can do. Okay? So it's, it, it, it's, all, it's all of a sudden shifting to responsibility, which is a cuss word in, in our circles, I know. Now this is, you, you're like Christ, hey, now you can live like Christ. You're not just like Christ so you can feel good. You're like Christ so other people can feel good. <laughs> you're, you're not just like Christ so you can do well. You're like Christ so others can do well. I mean, just, 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 just look at spiritual gifts, for example. This, let's say um, one spiritual gift, prophecy. It's not for you, the gift of prophecy. You got the gift of prophecy, now you go sit in your room and enjoy it by yourself. It's not for you. It's nice if you, if you give someone a word of encouragement, a word of knowledge or whatever, but it's, it's more nice for them. It's encouraging for you when you see the Spirit of God moving through you, but wow, it blesses them so much, it can change their life. I, I've ministered to people like that and, and it's, it, it, it changed the whole course of their life. And I'm blessed by it, but it changed the course of their life, not mine. I, I, I haven't tried sitting in my room prophesying to myself, but I'm sure it would be a bit boring. <laughs> Encouraging, maybe, because you know, I know me better than, than you do. But uh, anyway, the point is, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, he's saying, you're a saint. But then as he progresses through the book of Ephesians, he starts to get into, don't forget that you can live like a saint. You are a saint, so now you can live like a saint. Hey, you know, you, 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 you can do this. This is who you are. This is an overflow. So in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24 to 25, let me just read it from the translation. I got you. Uh, TPT says, And to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and live in union with Him. So he's saying that transformation happens as you embrace Christ within you and you live your life from, you, from the union that you have with Him. Okay, for God has recreated you all over again in His perfect righteousness and you now belong to Him in the realm of true holiness. So discard every form of dishonesty and lying. So that you will be known as one who always speaks the truth, for we all belong to one another. So now, look, look at what he's saying. This is, this is really beautiful. Um, you know, we, if I had started off and asked the question, do you want to uh, 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 be like Jesus? All of us would say yes. Now, if, we, we were, if I was to ask you the question, how do you want to be like Jesus? Like, what aspects of Jesus do you want to be like? Most people in our circles... We'll go for, I want to be more loving. But they won't define that. Most people will go for, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. They want to go for the power. But they're not going to go for this aspect of Jesus. Where it says, discard every form of dishonesty and lying. Stop lying. <laughs> they're going to be, I, I want to be like Jesus and just be, like, be, be, be nicer to people. Because we assume the best of ourselves usually. So it's a case of, I, 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 my lying's not hurting anyone. But this is because we're part of one another. So, so if I'm not living like Jesus, it's affecting you. 
If you're not living like Jesus, it's affecting me. It's affecting each other because we're a family. We're part of one another. Okay, Ephesians 4, verse 29. And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. But instead, let words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. This is showing us how Jesus would be and, and that we can be like this. It's not, a, it's not legalism and it's not difficult. It's like Jesus lives in you. So speak to each other what, what he would speak to us. Okay? Speak words that are a gift that build up and bless. Verse 31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. He's saying, put aside bitter words and temper tantrums. That's what he's saying. So he's, he's, he's saying, firstly, put it aside. He's speaking to Christians, not non-Christians. <laughs> and he's saying, put it aside. So he's not saying, like, get saved. He's saying, you are saved. You are a saint. I've just called you a holy one. But act like it. Take that temper tantrum that you want to have, that indulgence of the flesh, and just put it aside. That's what he's saying. Put it aside and, and be like Jesus. Why? Because it'll bless everybody else. <laughs> and it'll bless you too. Verse 32. This is, this is the crux of what I want to share here. It says, And be ye kind one to another. Tender-hearted. I know that this was for everyone who didn't come this morning. Because we're perfect. We, we, we got a good. But this, this is something that you can encourage the, the, the ones that stayed at home. You can take this message and reteach it to them. Be kind. To one another, tender-hearted. This shows us that the way we relate to one another needs to be from the heart. Within the family, yes. Within your marriage, yes. But within the church, we need to, we need to really be flowing from our hearts towards one another. Okay? Be tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. It's not... To hold a grudge against someone or not forgive is to not be like Jesus. If we want to be like Jesus, we've got to be people who let go of grudges, who let go of, of, uh, of bitterness and unforgiveness very quickly. Because otherwise, I mean, like, sometimes people don't even know that you, you're, you're upset with them. People don't even know that, that you're offended at them. And who's it affecting? It's affecting you more than it's affecting anybody else. We've got to be people who, who live a let-go life in this respect and, and forgive. But now I can get legalistic about it and say, you have to forgive, so just forgive. I mean, I can read this and say, you need to forgive uh, uh, one another as God, uh, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. God's forgiven you, so you need to forgive. You have to forgive. I can say that, but that's not... That's not the right approach. The right approach is focus in on how much God loves you, how much He's forgiven you, how much you're forgiven, and then you can start to forgive. Then you can start to love. Okay? So, so, so I mean, this flows straight into the next chapter, chapter 5, verse 1. And it says, imitate God. Imitate God. It says, for, uh, um, let me just read this again here. It says, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. And then the next chapter, chapter 5, 
goes straight into it and says, you know, be therefore followers of God or imitate God. So if we're imitating God, it's because we're like him. Okay, the, 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 the Message Bible says this beautifully. It says, watch what God does and you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with Him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved you. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't give uh, 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 his life to receive anything from us, but he gave everything to us. Love like that. And so this is, this is imitating God, is imitating love. Because you are love, you have love. You, you're born of love now. Okay, because God is love and you're born of God. So, you know, we, if we're wanting to be more like Jesus, it's a case of learning to to let go of things that, that we're upset about. You know, uh, 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 and, and why am I saying it like this in context of everything we've been talking about? It's because at a time like this, it's easy to focus on me and forget about I need to live like Jesus. And the way that I'm living is actually impacting other people. It's affecting my witness. It's affecting the gospel in people's hearts and in their minds. And so, instead of, instead of turning off ambassador and waiting for the crisis to be over, I'm going to be an ambassador in the middle of the crisis. And, and if someone offends you, I'm, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure that, you know, uh, even st- statistically it's probably uh, accurate to say that there's at least one person who needs to forgive someone in the room. Everybody, like, like we all get hurt, we're all alive, and so things go wrong and things happen. And the point is, is that we need to, we need to learn to let go and love like Christ loved. You know, one of the most impactful parts for me of the story of Corrie ten Boom was when she was preaching at a church somewhere in Europe, and uh, uh, she recognized a, a gentleman in the back of the hall. And afterwards, she was greeting everybody as they go out the, the door, um, and uh, this gentleman came and said, you probably don't recognize me. And she did. She, she knew exactly who he was. And she said, he said, I was the, one of the, 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 the soldiers at your concentration camp. And, and she knew, remembered that he was the one that caused a lot of suffering and even eventually the death of her sister. And she had really struggled with, uh, with forgiveness towards him and everything. And, and, and uh, he said, you know, since the war, I found Christ. And I've received Christ. My whole life has changed. And I've been praying for this day to be able to come and, 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 and ask you to forgive me. And she said, in that moment, it felt like a long, very long time. But in that moment, she had to go inside of her and go, God, this is difficult. I can't do this. Please help me. And she just focused in on how much she was forgiven and how much she was loved. And she could say, I forgive you. And it wasn't just empty words, it was something from her heart. That's the point. When we realize how much we're forgiven, we can forgive even the worst of the worst. What someone did to you was wrong. You know? Yes, they should hang for it if that's what you want. But the point is, is that you were also bad. But you don't know me, Shane. Okay, Romans uh, chapter 5. The Bible knows you, even if I don't. 
Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God commends his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So the Bible is saying you were a sinner. Maybe you still are, you haven't received Christ. But if you received Christ, you were a sinner, now you're saved. Okay, now you're righteous, but you were a sinner. Just like Hitler. Just like that prison guard who, 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 who before he, uh, uh, the way he was treating people and, and hurting them. Verse 9, much more then, being justified now by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Most of us aren't even thinking about how much wrath we don't have to go through anymore. Because we're Christians now. Because we've received Christ and he lives in us. For if, verse 10, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by his death, the death of his son, much more being reconciled shall we be saved by his life. This is also saying that you were an enemy of God. You weren't always very nice. You think you're delightful, but you weren't at some point. At some point, you were just the scum of the earth in God's eyes. And he loved you, and he sent Jesus to die for you, but you, 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 you moved from scum to righteousness because of faith, not because you cleaned up your act. You can't clean up a corpse. A corpse is dead. You have to breathe life into it. You were rotten at your core. I'm trying to show you that whatever someone's done to you isn't half as bad as you being a sinner. We live in a a world broken and sin causes destruction and we all make mistakes and sin is sin. And yes, there's some sins in our eyes which are worse than others, but the point is, is that if we want to be like Jesus, we must forgive. We must let go. We must love. How do we do that? The only way we can do that is by looking at how much he loves us. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So, What I'm talking about is living a yes, Lord, life. Living a life of surrender to God and saying, God, I want to live for you, so I'm going to forgive people. But how do you do that? It starts with, in view of God's mercies. Present your body. You can't present yourself and say, yes, Lord, unless you know how good he is. You don't know how good he is unless you know how rotten you were. You're not rotten now. If you're a believer, you're awesome. But you've got to realize how far you've come. You came from death to life. And now, you're a new creation, so live like it. Stop using the grace card as an excuse. But start to love like Jesus loved. We all have opportunities to do this. We've all got opportunities to be able to say, you know what? This really hurt, but I'm going to respond to this person like Jesus. It's not automatic. It's something you decide. It's something that you've got to do because it's not affecting the other. I'll never forgive them. And there they are having a lovely life. And you're miserable. And you're twisted. And it's making you sick. Why? Because I will never forgive them. I'll never let this go. What they did was unforgivable. If God can forgive them, who are you? 
to say that your opinion is better than God's opinion. God forgave them. They just haven't received it, maybe. But if God's forgiven them, and you're saying it's unforgivable, I'll never forgive them, then you're elevating yourself and your opinion above God's. Aren't you awesome? Like, this is a grow-up message, I know. But it starts with, in view of God's mercies, look at the goodness of God. So let's just close our eyes for a moment. Father, I just thank you that the Holy Spirit right now, you just minister to us and reveal the goodness of God, that while we were sinners, while we were rotten to our core, while we were at the lowest point that we could be, you reached out to us to save us. You reached out to us. You showed us how much you love us. And we just thank you for that, Father. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you live in us. And it's a grace thing. It's not a performance thing. You're not only living in us because we, we're good or because we're doing the right things, but you live in us even when things are not going well. When we're not living up to performance, you're with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. What mercy, what amazing love you, you, you have for us, Father. And in view of these mercies, we just, we just offer ourselves and say, Father, we want to live for you more and more. Not just in this area of forgiveness, although that's included, but in every area of our lives, we want to surrender to you and live a yes, Lord, life. We want to live like Jesus and love people and be kind towards them and be tender-hearted towards them. Thank you that we don't have to try and do it in and of ourselves and in and of our flesh, but we can, we can just yield to the Spirit in us and just let you flow. Indien jy graag met iemand wil praat of saam met iemand wil bid, kom dat ons geris by 021-0800-168 of e-post ons by info at reislife.co Indien jy materiaal wil bestel of meer oor ons wil uitvind, besoek geris ons webwerf.